Hello, I'm Kieran Hanrahan, and a very happy new year to you from our very first Tradfest podcast of 2020. I hope you had a great Christmas and New Year, and that you've booked yourself in to Dublin between January the 22nd and the 26th for our Tradfest festival. We're mere weeks away now, and the excitement is mounting. I'm coming to you from the Tradfest launch in the sumptuous surroundings of Ivy House on St. Stephen's Green in Dublin, originally built as a townhouse for Rupert Guinness, this gorgeous building is now home to the Irish government's Department of Foreign Affairs. For one day a year, the Department of Foreign Affairs kindly let Tradfest use their gorgeous base for our first big event of the Dublin social calendar for 2020, that is, the Tradfest launch. Over the next three weeks, we, as we count down to Tradfest 2020, we're going to be bringing you a flavour of some of the amazing acts we have playing this year. One act who played Tradfest last year and we're delighted to have back this year our Boxing Banjo, a band who are really going places. To us here at Tradfest, Boxing Banjo are one of the finest new young bands around. They've got it all in bucket loads and I'm delighted to be joined today by Dara, Sean, Mick and Joe who make up the band. Lads, you're very welcome to the Tradfest podcast. Thanks very much. Now, last year you were just starting out. In fact, I think you played at Tradfest the year before, but last year you took part in the Culture Ireland Showcase. And this year you're headlining one of the big concerts at Tradfest. It's been some year, Dara. Yeah, it has been really some year. Um, I must say we're very thankful to Tradfest for giving us our start. A little known fact about us is that our very first gig was at Temple Bar Tradfest in 2018. So from there, then we... um, did a showcase here last year with the Culture Ireland Showcase, um, which was an, an amazing platform for us. So off that, we were booked to play Milwaukee um, um, Irish Fest last summer. And then, of course, like you said, we are um, headlining our show here in the Button Factory on January 24th. So it's been um, a roller coaster since our inception, um, but we're enjoying every single moment of it. No, you're Healy Brothers from... Uh, County Mayo, right. and your kind of family is absolutely steeped in traditional music. I know your sister, that I, I met her over the years playing the piano accordion and other instruments. You're, as a family band, actually, you did quite a lot. So what, in, what enticed you out of that tight, uh, knit family unit to go exploring music with the two lads here? It was always our dream to start a boy band. <laughs> <laughs> so the two girls just had to wait at home, but... Um, you know, they're um, pursuing their own things, with, especially with harp music and that type of thing. Um, and like I said, it, myself and Mick always kind of had um, a dream, I suppose, of playing with the lads. And um, we had similar influences and similar interests in where our music was going. Um, and here we are. And just, I'm just wondering, Dara, do you speak for all the Healy's or does Mick say a few words as well? Uh, only when I let him. <laughs> the younger of the two, of course, from Castlebar, and a man after my own heart, of course, a banjo player. We always love to hear the banjo. Incidentally, the box and the banjo, I presume that's where you took the name, is it, uh, Mick, from, for the band, Boxing Banjo? Yeah, I suppose when you say it fast enough, box and banjo, it's boxing banjo. Um, and then, obviously, we, a lot of our influences came from the Flanagan Brothers, um, and some of the work that I would have done previously. Um, I'd met the family in... County Clare at the Flakiole in Ennis um, and there was Mike that played the banjo and his brother Joe played the box so we kind of used that at the start for the backbone of our music and now it has evolved as it went along we've Sean then bring, brings his style into it as well we've got the groove and and the drive but yeah that's where the whole name would have came from at the start was when myself and Dara would have started off with boxing banjo. 
No, I'm always interested when I meet banjo players as to how they got started because when I started out playing the banjo in County Clare many years ago, I'll just leave it like, leave it at that. Uh, there were very few playing, but what got you interested? What 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 lured you? He went to the box. I'm sure you're multi instrumentalists anyway, but what yeah. lured you to the to the banjo in particular? I actually started off on all of our brothers and sisters, they all played accordions. So I would have started off on the button accordion and I didn't like it. Um, so I made the right choice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just I decided that I wanted to to learn the banjo and got started on the banjo. And at that time, there was very few people playing playing the banjo itself. Um, and once I started going to the competitions at the Flacules, I started to meet other banjo players and got a good interest in it from there on and stuck with it. And now, obviously, it's grown hugely. There's the amount of young banjo players out there has grown by the day. Thankfully, for, for both of you and indeed your two sisters as well, who were the influences in Mayo when you were growing up for your music? Yeah, well, I suppose the, the west of Ireland in particular is really a hotbed for music, especially up around um, North Connacht. We would have a lot of Sligo influences, particularly. Um, I would have learned my own uh, music through PJ Hernan in, in Sligo. And of course, um, there's a great live music scene in in Mayo, so we've been involved in lots of sessions and things like that. So taking influences from wherever we could. I was just really curious as to who maybe got you started on your way, uh, instrument-wise. You, you mentioned the music of PJ Hernan. Was yep. there anyone for yourself, mate? I would have learned learned the the accordion off. PJ would have started me off, because that's what I would have started on as well, yeah. He used to come and teach us at the house. Um, he started you off, is that what put you off as well? <laughs> no, <laughs> no Daryl was there. <laughs> exactly, because PJ is a fantastic player Brilliant. himself, of course, fantastic. on the accordion. Anyway, it's great that you made that transition across to the banjo, because it means that the banjo is, well, nowadays anyway, certainly very much part of the traditional music scene. And I presume that's part of the attraction when you go touring in the United States as well. The banjo has to be an attraction out there. Yeah, I mean, there is that link there, um, which is great. And one of the things that we started doing with the band is bringing the banjo kind of back to its its five string sound so i'd use the the capo quite a lot and tune it up to cgda tuning which would be the the american influence of tunes that would have been changed to the to go with the the violin years ago um and we bring that element where i'd use it as a backing instrument sometimes rather than the melody instrument so usually the banjo will be seen as a melody instrument in irish music so i'd bring in the chord structure and then uh myself and sean look at that end, and Dara and Joe might play the melody, and it gives it that kind of open sound. Uh, Joe, of course, uh, world champion, how many times on the Boron, Joe, did we read? Uh, four times, no, four times. Nothing on Tyson Fury now, or them boys. Or, <laughs> <laughs> he's not even a world champion at all, but uh, yeah, four times on the Boron. That was a, a, a competition that was held on in Milltown in County Kerry in, uh, oh geez, it's about, I'm trying to think now, it's about 10 years ago now at this stage, but um, yeah, I've moved on to the fiddle since then, and uh, that's kind of where my, most of my music comes from at the moment. Is so, the fiddle. so who then? You, you started out in the baron. What made you switch to fiddle? Or did you always play the fiddle no, as well? No, I started off playing the baron. And like you said, I competed in, in the fiddle. and um, Or in the baron, sorry. But um, around, I suppose, the age of nine or ten, I was playing music in sessions with uh, a man called Peter Horn. I'm sure you're familiar oh, with. Yeah. And uh, Peter gave me a great um, education in Irish music. And other things as well, but uh, mainly in, in music, and he always encouraged me to to play a melody instrument as well. And at that stage, I had started playing the fiddle, but um, I would have been too shy, I suppose, too nervous to play it in public in the pubs. And he'd often say, when he'd be playing his own fiddle, and he'd hand it to me, he'd say, I need a break now, and that would give me the opportunity to play the few tunes I knew, and that's what kind of really brought me out of my shell. 
in terms of music. So Peter Horn was a, a massive influence on my music um, as a young, a young child. That's a fantastic legacy to be able to continue, actually, because not too many people, I would say, of your age would have had that access, uh, yeah. that easy access to Peter Horton. Yeah, well, he played in a session that was just five minutes from my home uh, home in Swinford in County Mayo, and uh, I was exposed to absolutely fantastic music back then. Of course, I don't know, the Coleman Centre in Gertrude was another place, and Ted McGowan, he had a pub there in Gertrude, was very welcoming to, to young musicians and uh, any musician. And uh, it's unfortunate that them sort of, you know, public houses don't really exist anymore, that, you know, their main priority is to expose Irish music. But I was very lucky, from you know, f to be from where I'm from and to have met those those people that really did help the music evolve in North Mayo and South Sligo. So. There's no doubt about it. And you mentioned Ted McGowan as well. Sure, he was a fantastic band for young musicians coming through. He always had a platform there. And not just that, but he brought in the older musicians to meet the younger musicians yeah, exactly, there. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And his brother then, Tom... Um, was a banjo player that I was lucky enough to play with as well, and Harry McGowan. There's just such a such an amount of fantastic musicians from that that area. You know, I was actually just I'd say it was must have been the first time in over ten years that I walked into Ted McGowan's pub over the Christmas and played a few tunes, and it really did bring back a few memories of like Ted himself and and just the brilliant characters that were there in our area. You know. You seem to me to be almost too young to have a, a connection with those that generation, but I just think it's a fantastic yeah. thing that you got a chance because yeah, I'd say a lot of people of your generation wouldn't have had that yeah, chance. Yeah, but it's the best education I think I could have got. And, you know, it's brilliant now, especially with the lads here, you know, to be able to show other people our age, you know, the music that I would have learned. And I'm sure the lads would also have been influenced by their music, maybe without even knowing it. But, you know, we're all influenced by the past generation and you know we're still playing old Irish traditional melodies we might be putting maybe a slightly new twist on them but the melodies themselves are still the same and you know it's nice to be able to carry them on and pass them on to you know hopefully if younger musicians are listening to us and maybe some musicians our own age that they can pick up them older tunes and still keep them alive you know for the future uh, generation. I, I wonder if those older boys that you learned from ever thought that they'd be sort of breeding a new boy band in Irish traditional uh, yeah, music I don't know they might not be too proud of it either but that's <laughs> what it is anyway <laughs> well, from what I know Peter Horn I'd say he'd be delighted about it yeah, well I hope to God, he yeah. certainly would see the, the goodness in that Sean O'Mara is here the Limerick man that's Indeed. in the band I actually should have asked really to know how you all met up or how you got involved with this crowd how did you get involved with this crowd? So two years ago, um, myself and Dara both went out on a tour to China with uh, a dance show. And myself and Dara hit it off. We ended up playing a lot of tunes while we were over there, as well as just the show itself. And then when we came back, Dara rang me up. He was like, look, I'm hoping to start this boy band with my brother. Would you like to be in it? I said, yeah. absolutely. It sounds great. So since then the rest is history I should ask you Sean your own musical development then you wouldn't have come from the same traditional background or did you? not necessarily no like, my parents would have been into traditional music alright but they wouldn't have played traditional music like, my dad like he loved Planksty uh, he loved Christy Ward you know mm -hmm. all that but uh, my actual background is in rock music and pop music and I got into trad when I was about 14 myself and a good friend of mine Killian Dahani we were in school together you know Killian of course player, yeah. amazing Absolutely. amazing but um we were in school together in Castle Troy and we both joined the trad group at the same time and started playing tunes the whole way up and then we went down to the Willie Clancy week when I was 14 and that was the end of it. I just fell in love with trad music. We should say really that Killian is a member of Moxie as well. Yeah, so right. you're, you're all out there actually doing something doing new with traditional circus. music. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's really inspiring to see them doing what they do as well and 
the fact that we both came up through these ranks together and are just doing what we love. So uh, my question I was going to ask the lads, well, I'll start with you anyway, and the music of Boxing Banjo, mm -hmm. when I heard you first, it was fairly traditional and you were singing folk songs, let's yeah. say, but listen to your sound check in here for the launch tonight for Tradfest 2020. Your, your sound seems to have evolved, and fairly quickly, actually. That's it. We're just we're drawing in all the influences that we're listening to these days and just pushing the sound forward again, you know, just keeping it current, keeping it relevant, and hoping that it will appeal to the audiences that, that are listening to us, basically, you know. Yeah, and I suppose to develop new audiences. What can people expect from your gig then in the Button Factory on the 24th of January at Tradfest? Uh, you can expect high-paced, good, lively music uh, with a good few songs and yeah I, I guess that's it okay um my producer has actually asked me to ask you all maybe who are you who are your musical heroes to be honest now a lot of my heroes would have been in the rock kind of world so slash would have been my favorite guitarist growing up dire straits i would have listened to a lot of them the eagles um but from a trad site uh the first trad guitar player that ever uh kind of introduced me to dadgad and all that was sean O'Graham. So I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, Artie McGlynn, of course. I was totally inspired by him. John Doyle also. Um, and yeah, just th those kind of, those those figures growing up. Yeah, those th those, those uh, heads that you mentioned, yeah. they're actually all very different styles of guitar Totally. But and your own, some are pitched in the middle of all of that. I guess so, yeah. I, I take influence from all three. Now, one uh, person said to me when I said I was coming in to talk to you, they asked me to use the phrase... Uh, Limerick for Liam and Mayo for Sam. Is that what you're singing? Is that what you're singing this year? That's it. Yeah, I suppose. It'd be great. <laughs> Mayo 2020. Yes, Mayo 2020. Sounds better than 2019. We didn't want it last year. <laughs> <laughs> what after Tradfest? Then are you doing? Where are you going? What are you going to do? Uh, well, we're all we're all busy playing music, and uh, we have exciting uh, things happening in the summer that we probably won't talk about yet until we can uh, until we can release them into the public domain. But um, yeah, we have an exciting year. 20, 2019 was an absolutely massive year for us. We did a five-week tour in Germany. We were in America twice this summer, you know, so it was a really, it was a massive year for us. We developed massively as a band. Our sound has evolved massively, and uh, we can only expect to do more of the same in 2020. That's what we, that's, that's the hope and that's the plan. Is that the same outlook for the Healy boys? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And like I said earlier on, it's, Really thanks thanks to Tradfest that gave us our start at the beginning, you know, and the Culture Ireland Showcase, especially last year, which gave us the platform um, to be put in front of festival buyers in particular. It can be quite hard for a band starting off just getting the right doors open, but there are avenues for bands such as us. Like we were testament to that, um, that, you know, if you do the right showcases um, in, the, in front of the right people um, and the world is your hoister, as they say. And maybe you could actually give some advice to young bands of your own sort of ilk now that are kind of out there and trying to get onto that ladder that you stepped on really well onto in the last 12 months. But you mentioned Culture Ireland. I know you did that uh, showcase last year, but have you had a relationship with them since then? Yes. Um, so as we did the showcase last year and then we were booked to play festivals over the summer. So then we applied for Culture Ireland um, funding to travel over to the to these festivals, which we were lucky enough to receive. So for any young bands out there, they might be thinking, you know, it is quite a financial burden to put on yourself traveling over to these festivals. But the funding is there and Culture Ireland are just more than happy to give you the funding um, once they see that. 
you're putting in the work and the festival that you're going to um and you know it's a fantastic platform for young bands so i say look play the music that you're enjoying that's what we do it really does come across um audiences really you know get that when you're playing the music you enjoy um and i say the avenues are there for you to travel to these places that's excellent. So watch out for Culture Ireland, basically, is what you're saying. Keep an eye on their website because they do a lot of fine work. I've been working with them myself for the last few years. And I think it's fantastic and it's great to see the fruition, really, of their work in what you're doing. You're playing on the 24th of January in the Button Factory with Connolly and Realtor. That should be an amazing lineup, and I must say that will sell out very, very soon. Brilliant lineup of young bands playing there. Now, this next band, around this time last year, Culture Ireland, actually at Tradfest, Culture Ireland ran a showcase event for up-and-coming bands from around the country, and we had five or six bands took part there. This band, uh, we had about 15 or 16 festivals from across the States came to it. This band were chosen by many of the festivals, and since then, they've been headlining festivals across the United States. We're delighted that they'll be headlining a Tradfest this year in the Button Factory on Friday, the 24th of January. Uh, they'll be performing with Realta and Connella. They're an energy band, and you'll know what that means when you hear them. But they're a mixture of Mayo and Limerick. Would you please welcome Boxing Banjo?
Thank you very much. A great honor for us to be here. Uh, my name is Sean, and I'm going to sing our first song of the night for you. So this is a song called Kansas City, and I hope you enjoy it. I listen to you time and time again And you tell me just what is right And you tell me a thousand things a day and Then you sleep somewhere else at night I'm going back to Kansas City And I love you just how long can I keep singing the same old song? And I love you, dear. But just how long can I keep singing the same old song? I'm going back to Kansas City. Then you say you gotta pay for what you break I'm going back to Kansas City
Thanks very much, folks. Uh, we're going to just finish up now with one last song. Thanks to you all for coming out. Um, we've had a great time here. It's been a great launch. Hopefully we'll see some of you afterwards and see you all at Tradfest. Don't forget, January 24th, Friday night, for nothing else. There's three good bands. Well, two good bands and us um, <laughs> on the Button Factory. So hopefully we'll see some of you there. Take care, folks. This is a song called The Star of the County Down. Banbridge.
church town in the county down one morning last July. From a boring green came a sweet Colleen and she smiled as she passed me by. She looked so sweet from her two bare feet to the sheen of her nut brown hair. Such a coaxing elf, sure I shook myself for to see what was really there. I shook me head and I looked with the feeling rare And I says I to the passerby who's the bird with the lovely hair He smiled at me and he says to me she's the jewel of Ireland's crown She is Rosie McCann from the banks of the bank She's the star of the county down From Bantry Bay down to Derry Cay From Goa to Dublin town And we just want to say thanks a million to Boxing Banjo for joining us here today on the Tradfest podcast launch night and countdown to Tradfest 2020. Thanks a million for listening and we'll be back next week as we get closer to Tradfest 2020. Boxing Banjo, thanks a million. Thank you. Beautiful affair.